then Chad Whitehead at Tower Theater was like, you guys were you joking about wanting to open for Smash Mouth? And we were like, well, yes, but also totally no, we do it. <laughs> so anyway, he just put us on the bill and nice. we, uh, we played. And, Sound Seekers. Welcome to another episode of Sound for Thought, a podcast about why people make music. Today, you're going to hear a wonderful conversation I had with Will and Danny of Husbands, a band that has been apart as much as it has been together. They are currently together in the city they got started in, OKC, and we covered all sorts of stuff like the time they opened up for Smash Mouth, what the Oklahoma City music scene is like for maybe somebody who hasn't been there before, their favorite and least favorite original tracks, and so much more. We hear the stories of how they individually got started with music, and also how they came together to form a band. As always on Sound for Thought, the guest describes the reason why they make music, and Will and Danny both give some thought-felt and inspiring answers to that question. We also cover some fun and silly questions as well, and it was a really great conversation. Right now, Danny and Will are working on their third LP as we speak. It's due to be out in maybe about six months, they say, but you can check out their latest LP, After the Gold Rush Party, on Spotify and all streaming platforms now. Along with the rest of their fantastic and expansive back catalog of reverb-drenched, beach punk indie rock pop you can follow husbands on basically every social media platform you have at husbands okc don't forget to follow this podcast on spotify apple podcast or whatever podcast streaming service you're currently using and follow our instagram at redefining records to keep up with this show and other great content Before we get into the interview, you're going to hear one original track from the band to get a taste of their sound. And then, after the interview, you'll hear another track, and hopefully experience that music in a whole new light after getting to know Will and Danny. That's it. Stay safe, be kind, and keep making cool shit. Enjoy the show!
So where are you guys at right now? I think you guys, you're in different places, right? Well, right now we're actually both in Oklahoma City. It's kind of, uh, I'd say what, that's probably about, I'd say we're probably both in Oklahoma City about 40% of the time. Maybe 60% of the time. Yeah, it's kind of weird to re- like recalculating timelines as time keeps passing. You know, for yeah. a while it was predominantly away, and as time passes, it's like we're catching up to uh, being together in the same city about half the time now. Yeah, I think you're right, Will. Close to 50. That's cool. I was kind of curious to hear, I'm on the West Coast. I'm in Seattle, but I grew up in California. I kind of grew up with the SoCal music scene, and... I'm not aware of too many bands from Oklahoma City or or like what the music scene is like at all in, in that area. So I was kind of wondering if you guys could talk about it a little bit, just like tell most of my listeners I think are in California. So I was kind of wondering if you guys could talk about the, the OKC music scene. So, I mean, I guess part of the the music scene, some of the stuff we love here, a lot of it stems from the same kind of general place. Um, there's a studio in Norman called Black Watch. And have you heard of Sports or Broncho or either of those bands? Oh, man. Oh, yeah, both of them, yeah. They're, they're not necessarily Oklahoma City, but um, Sports is Tulsa and Broncho is, what is it, Will, like Stillwater or multiple places I mean, like they they got started in norman i think when they took it off took off they were kind of based in tulsa but okay. they they all live kind of in the norman tulsa area yeah but yeah i mean those guys we love their music and i mean that's yeah. two two exports from oklahoma that not necessarily everyone thinks about oklahoma when they think about those bands just because they're kind of beyond local sometimes you think of those bands and you just think of real bands so i mean that's two two bands we love and then as far as the local scene itself um there's all kinds of cool dream pop shoegaze bands in oklahoma i mean yeah there's a whole i mean there's a whole bunch of bands that kind of are in that sort of dream pop shoegaze type world yeah so there's kind of like there's a lot of diy type shows so you know i I feel like there's kind of a lot of bands that sort of lend themselves to diy type venues um kind of like a decent amount of like set you know uh ambient type electronic uh type bands okay um and and then there's a few kind of west coast type rock bands or you know punk punk adjacent type uh indie indie rock that uh, that we kind of play in and and uh, a number of other bands yeah that sounds cool well I always like to start by getting a sense of kind of how you guys got into music, kind of backstep to your childhood, maybe one at a time. You could give me a little bit of background, maybe starting with Will. How did you get into music? Was it at a really young age? Like, did your parents introduce you to it or was it lessons or how did you get into it? Yeah, I mean, I can kind of remember, I was talking with my wife about this, like on a road trip recently, is like, my kind of earliest memories of kind of thinking about music as, oh, this is cool, was sometime in like second or third grade, when I heard, I don't know, I think it was like Matchbox 20 or something, and I was just like, (laughs) whoa, this guy is so, he, you know, so cool, and anyway, I got this like tape player, and I would listen on the radio for songs that I really liked. 
like I don't know, Smash Mouth and Sugar Ray and stuff like that, and then just press play. Someday, when my life has passed me by, I'll lay around and wonder why you were always there for me. And I would yeah. just make my little tapes of, of, you know, radio music. And then, I don't know, I think probably when I started to actually, you know, start picking up an instrument and start playing, uh, I mean, I was doing it to like pop punk. I mean, it was Blink-182, um, Green Day, Offspring, kind of started there. And and then as I got to high school, I was like playing mostly like metal and stuff like that. And then uh, I don't know what happened, just kind of started to mellow out a little bit and kind of get more into like pop songwriting at some point. Uh, yeah. But it's been kind of kind of a journey. I don't know. There's like a little bit of angst in there throughout and a little bit of, you know, non-conformity and then and then and then a little bit of mellowing out as it goes along that's interesting i have to ask because you mentioned smash mouth and i i read your website bio oh yeah saw that you guys opened for smash mouth once i have to ask how, <laughs> yeah. the, how that was how was it it was amazing yeah. it was amazing yeah it was uh yeah it was great i mean uh we <laughs> i don't know i mean we kind of like we're joking online about we saw that Smash Mouth was coming to this venue that we kind of knew the owner and everything. Well, and... actually, first it was Frontier City. Will it was? Oh Frontier yes. City. Oh, thank you, Danny. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, no, no, for the first time they were coming to Frontier City, so we actually were like bugging Front, which is a, a terrible theme park. In it's Oklahoma like City. owned by Six Flags, I think. Oh, yeah, okay. it's, it's. I gotcha. mean, it's it's like a pathetic. Uh, theme park and um anyway we just thought it was hilarious that smash mouth was coming to play there and we were like please let's let's open for smash mouth at the amusement park you know yeah um, they didn't they we did they didn't say yes they were like no that's not our thing we don't we don't know you and anyway so they came back around and then chad whitehead at tower theater was like you guys were you joking about wanting to open for smash mouth and we we're like well, yes, but also totally no. Do it. <laughs> so anyway, he just put us on the bill and nice. we, uh, we played and, um, afterward we kind of like, I don't know. I don't I can't even really say we like drink with smash mouth, but we took a picture next to, uh, uh, I forget. Oh man. What's his name? Uh, Steve Harwell. Man, Steve Harwell. Steve. Heck yeah. So we, we did that and then, uh, yeah. And then, um, that night he like had like like cardiac gosh. arrest or something like <laughs> oh that. shit we really? almost played it was almost their last show of all time you know damn which would have been bittersweet because like if he died it's like you know we played smash mouse last show of all time <laughs> with them but we apparently like uh, he was ubered to the hospital very quickly so he survived yeah. and he's well he's well healthy steve is harwell that's good yeah. good to hear that's a wild. Story. Yeah, anyway, so so yeah, the, um, Smash Mouth man, that's one of our bands, and yeah, uh, we did a couple covers back in the day uh, of Smash Mouth just because we l- love Smash Mouth and yeah. Which which yeah. songs did you cover? Uh, the classics, I think, is like "Might as Well Be Walking on the Sun," uh, and, and uh, you did another one. Oh, man, yeah, I know the chorus is like she moves. Not all star. Then the morning comes. Anybody, you're gonna do it again. The way that you are. It's just the way that you talk. Like it ain't no bad. There 
Not All-Star. Not All-Star, though. No. Yeah. We would have if we had more time, I'm sure, but we, we you know, eventually had to move on. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Um, well, shifting to uh, to Danny, can you – same question to you. How did you kind of get into music from a young yeah. age, if it was a young age? Yeah, it, it, I guess the youngest kind of memories of music I have is just my grandparents lived in Muskogee and – so we would be driving to Muskogee like two and a half hours, Muskogee, Oklahoma, which is like this crummy town, two and a half hours away from where I live. Not to say it's crummy, but I mean, well, it might be crummy, right? Uh, I mean, I, I mean, like Oki from Muskogee, you know? Oh, sure. Yeah. So it's like yeah. part of the, it's like an Oklahoma classic town, but it has um, a great aquarium in the mall. <laughs> dude that's true there's a giant fish tank in that mall i've been to that I'm telling mall. you man i it's I, like I go to luby's i'd go to luby's like every sunday after uh church with my grandparents and we'd go to that mall and there'd be that giant yeah. fish tank in there and you go man, and you, look dude. At the bass, you, know? you look at the bass and you look at the catfish and you had the, and the it, native stuff it's, it's sweet man <laughs> stuff you could find in the pond in the back yeah so anyhow we, we would drive to muskogee and it's two and a half hours and my dad would just make cassettes of stuff he'd listen to all the time so lots of um 70s eagles neil young simon and garfunkel yeah kind of stuff and he'd also mix in this novelty kind of music as well so you know the song dead skunk by luden wainwright the third i remember the the cassette tape you know written on the cassette tape the title of it was dead skunk and we just said let's listen to dead skunk and it was just a cassette tape of all the 70s music but that was the song we'd always look forward to yeah it's an incredible song and you know beyond just the goofy lyrics kind of detract from how good luden wainwright is as a songwriter So that was my earliest memories, and then maybe forging some independence. Uh, my brother introduced me to Blink and Weezer and um, those kinds of bands, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, took me to Strokes concerts when I couldn't drive. So I was like in seventh grade and went to the Room on Fire tour kind of thing. So that's oh, kind of sick. burning my brain. Yeah. And then after that, I guess uh, when I started doing my own thing, it was kind of a bluegrass pop folk sort of thing. So I was into Ben Queller and Nickel Creek and bought some banjos and mandolins and started writing pop folk music kind of when that was sort of the thing that was going on with Fleet Foxes and Bon Iver kind of thing. Yeah. And I did that into college, um, like all the way to 2009. Basically, it just followed kind of what music was doing, I guess, incidentally. Or maybe that's just what I'm doing. But, um, and then, yeah, just kind of, uh, you know, regular stuff from there. Yeah. Where did you go to college? Will and I both went to Oklahoma Christian University in Edmond, Oklahoma together. That's where we met, basically. Oh, cool. That was my next question was was how you guys met and how, how you decided to start making music together. Well, yeah. Um, so I guess we, I think, I think we met each other maybe pre, like I was in college maybe and Danny, you were not yet. Yeah. You were, you Uh, knew my sister and I think that was kind of what was going on. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I played in this kind of somewhat post-rocky 
type band um, called The Non when I was in college. And we, I don't know, we had like some success, I guess. And uh, I remember like Dan, I, maybe your your sister brought like, I don't know, the whole family or something to a, a show in downtown. And probably like New Year's 2008, I would say. I think that's right. Yeah. It's the first so, non show I saw at Bricktown Live. Yeah. So anyway, we like met then, and then I think by the time you came to college, you'd like, I don't know, you played at like a number of events, and it was like, oh, oh what I remember thinking is like, oh man, you've got like really good songwriting skills and like good lyrics and and arrangements and stuff like that, and uh, but that was kind of like, oh yeah, that's cool, and uh, and then I think at some point, I don't know, we just started kind of working on songs together. And I think you kind of asked me to come in and play guitar on stuff. And then I don't really remember exactly like what was the thing that caused us to like say, okay, we're going to sit down. I I think it was almost like self-conscious, like, Hey, let's sit down and let's like actually write a song from the ground up. And we just started recording. And, and then uh, I think we kind of made it like our goal to write, I don't know, a song. Was it a song a week? That seems crazy, but I think that was actually right. Yeah, it happened for uh, maybe 13 weeks in a row. So, yeah, that's impressive. Ends up, that's like fourth of a year of pretty concentrated recording and mixing and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, how were you how were you doing it? Was it just on a laptop with Logic or Pro Tools or something like that or what were you doing? Well, so I starting guess, out, I think yeah. it was always Ableton. I think we, Ableton. We've we've always used Ableton. I uh, I think even from like day 1. Uh, but yeah, we would just kind of like record. I don't know. I had, I remember like on the very first song, I think I used my sampler for drums and we, I don't know, just like whatever we had, we just kind of mixed everything in there. And like our first, first few songs were just like really noisy and uh, kind of random. Um, and I think as we kind of kept going along, we kind of just got to the point where we're like, what if we had real drums or something that sounded like real drums coming in there and, we kind of started to shape up a little bit as a band. Yeah. Do you feel like your progression has been kind of like experiment and see what works and then just sort of build on it and improve what you can? Or is it like, do you come into recording new stuff with a, with a goal in mind or is it kind of just building off of the last thing you did? Well, I mean, I guess I, I think of, I think about it like, a lot of times Danny and I are kind of sharing music back and forth. We both kind of record our stuff, our ideas at our houses and we'll share stuff. And it, a lot of times it's like Danny has a really cool idea and I get excited about that mm-hmm. and I add to it or I might not add to it. I might just come up with another idea that kind of sounds like something that Danny's doing and, or vice versa. And I feel like we kind of like, we text and we communicate enough where we're, usually like pretty good about like, okay, we're kind of finding something that we are getting excited about. And can we like kind of write a critical mass of songs that sort of have this feeling or, you know, emotion to them or, yeah or whatever, or just like a vibe in general. So like, I feel like that's happened like, I don't know, three or four, maybe, maybe many more times than that where we've kind of gotten on an idea and we just kind of ride it as far as we can. Yeah. That's cool. And you guys have been, obviously, you're together in the same city now, but you've been kind of known to be apart, and you've been collaborating 
from a distance for a while. So that I would assume that sort of made things easier or not that different when when the pandemic and quarantine took over and everyone was forced to do that. Right. I mean, that was the MO before for, for years and years. And even when we live in the same city, it's kind of um, like Will said, you know, there's a lot of texting going on and um, just finding pockets of time because we both have jobs and, and kids or families and whatnot. So yeah. it's kind of, you know, we we do it when we can do it and it it's kind of totally piecemeal back and forth, but just constant communication as well between those things. So we do get together and jam a lot. Um, but at the same time, even when we're in the same city, there's a lot of um, doing it from our respective places and just kind of talking over what we're doing as we're doing it kind of thing. So it definitely didn't feel different at all. If not, you know, feel like, okay, there's just more time to do what we, you know, do this stuff anyways, cause we're not going out or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like when uh, when COVID kind of hit in like March and April, I feel like we were like extremely productive for like a couple months. It was like really wild how much we were getting done. And uh, I don't know why I say that. I'm not really sure how it's related, but I think we were like oh, yeah. just kind of both like in a super like inspired zone at that point. And uh uh, you know, being apart, it like didn't really make a difference. It was like, yeah, it it was just as productive as any other time. Yeah, no, that's that's definitely relevant. Um, I think a lot of people, when the pandemic hit, were feeling like, let me go, let me go make something now. Then even more so than before, since you you feel yeah. like you you had the time because some time was taken away from doing other things. So yeah, definitely. definitely. There was like I don't know a decent amount of like a weird little pocket of uh, fear and uncertainty and excitement. Probably really, it's just like wow, this is all feels so. You know, I mean, I, I'd say this is probably like as important a time in my life as you know. I, you know, if you can zoom back and look over the last two hundred years or something, I mean, this is a big, big moment here. So, yeah, just living through it. Absolutely, and. That kind of leads to another question I had for you guys in that I'd say a lot of your music, and I think you agree, is, you know, uplifting and, and positive vibes. And I was kind of wondering if the music you've been making lately, if you've been, I think you're working on a new record I saw somewhere, right, in the near future. Um, I was wondering if new music, new songs you've been writing lately are still kind of going for that uplifting, positive feeling that most of your songs have, not all of them, obviously, but if you're still going for that or if the pandemic and everything that happened is, is making you go in a different direction in terms of vibe. <laughs> That's a great question. What do you say, Danny? I, I'm looking at the, I'm, I'm looking at the track list for the album now. Cause I was hearing you ask that Ooh. question. I'm like, all right, let me look at these songs and see yeah. what the vibe is. It's a little weird. I would say it's kind of a weird vibe. Like it's not negative by any means and it's not pessimistic either. Cause I think like there were a lot of positives as far as, I mean, if, if you're an introverted sort of person, it's kind of like, all right, well, this is a nice time to think about stuff. So I, you know, it's not stemming from negativity, but there is some darkness in all of it maybe. Okay. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's got some like definite, it does have some negative tinges in there. Like, mm -hmm compared to our other stuff but a lot of it's kind of more of like i mean 
the way I kind of think about it is like we've had albums that are kind of get up and move around type albums. And this yeah. one's really like, like sink into your couch and like really, like <laughs> really like melt. It's like a melting yeah. type album or something. I don't know. It's, it is, uh, that's how, I don't know. That's kind of how I like hope it feels is it feels like something that you can just kind of like melt into the couch while you're listening. So I was kind of telling, uh, I was telling Will, I, you know, we're, we're in the last stages of, finishing it as far as all the songs are written and they're kind of in the order we want them to be but it's kind of just the I don't want to say perfecting the mixes but we kind of get in this mode at the end where we just want them to not annoy us in any (laughs) part of listening to it which I think is good I think it's good to do but as we're doing it um at times you know you just like do it so much you got to take a break for a sec to get some perspective so I recently did one of those breaks, you know, and then you step back and I was, I remember emailing Will. I was like, listen to this for the first time in like three weeks. And I think it's good. And I think it's kind of slow. You know, like the first thing I thought was like, Oh, it's kind of slow, which it's kind of, it does have that heavy sinking in the chair kind of thing. So yeah, there is a place for, for slow things. So there is kind of weird for us to be slow, but it's, it's just something that's going to (laughs) happen. Yeah. I mean, it seems like it has to happen a little bit. Well, that's good. That's cool. I'm excited to hear it, and I, I'm gonna not ask any more quarantine pandemic related questions from now on. I know it's it's tough, man. Yeah, it's like I, I feel like I'm always like listening to podcasts that are like pandemic news related. I'm, I just want nothing other. I want no nothing to do with it, man. It's like I yeah. do not want to hear about it. No, same. But you completely. know, we can't stop talking about it either. You know, because it's that's what we are living. Yeah, exactly. I feel the same way. Um, anyway, taking a step back maybe though, because I like to get kind of just the full story of how you guys got to where you are. You know, you kind of told me about growing up with music and how your parents got you into music and then you met in college and started writing songs. At what point did shit get real? Like at what point did you think, you know, this is something we're going to keep doing? So I guess maybe from the start, it's it's always felt I don't want to say off the cuff, but you know it was always just like okay, you know we'll talk about how when we started it was just kind of like just a natural thing that was hard to pinpoint a specific time mm-hmm. of a very definite beginning, but it's sort of felt the same way the whole time where it's just like um, we always enjoy creating and writing these things together, and as you know they've been you know progressively better received by other people it kind of just motivates you to keep going and as well as just you know continuing to enjoy what it is um and sometimes i I don't know it's uh it feels good to just kind of keep going and not think too hard about it until like till it's time to think about it and um but now i'm thinking about it so let me think um when did it feel like it got real? Well, you know, it that's also kind of hard to say because um, for the longest time it was just, you know, people around Oklahoma City seemed to like it. But, you know, yeah. what is the barometer for doing well whenever we, we never really have toured too much um, as a band? So what do you do beyond, you know, who's coming to your shows or how many streams you have or something? I guess it's all been very progressive and always in a good direction, but also kind of is there a defining moment where something felt more real than before? I think like what 
what we do well is just we keep going and we keep putting things out and it keeps kind of stepping up from the thing before. Um, not talking about quality necessarily, unless, you know, that's, I guess, just a matter of opinion. But um, just as far as like how well we do with stuff, it does seem to kind of always do a little bit better every time we do something. So I'm kind of going off in the ways. I'm trying to figure out what I'm saying. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, no, I think I know what you're saying. It kind of, you're answering my question in that, there is there was no single moment. Sounds like it's just always yeah. Kind that's, of that's been a slow that's... and steady progression. Sure. Yeah, I, I would add to that. Like, there's been like some stuff that's happened to us that's made it feel real to us on on like a national or international level. Uh, one thing that I think is a crazy dynamic of living in Oklahoma City is I think like you know we're we've had some real success here in, in the city. Like when we had our album released, I think, I think there were about 500 people there. It's like, that's awesome. Yeah. That is a huge deal. But like the funny thing about Oklahoma city is like, you just kind of, kind of, it feels like at some point you kind of cap out in the city and it's like, well, you've done it all. But, but there's nothing else. You know, I think if, if you were doing that kind of thing in LA, there'd be someone there who'd say like, Oh hey, I see what you're doing now, and and like here's another opportunity, or here's like another angle that you could like be looking at. And I feel like for us, we're kind of like it, it's kind of a good thing in some ways. It's like, well, we kind of done it, so now you know what do you do? You just write more songs, you know? You just kind of enjoy like being creative and 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 just do it again. Um, uh, but as far as like things that are outside of Oklahoma that we've been pretty pumped about. I mean, we had a couple of shows that we were really excited about playing before pandemic happened. Like we were going to play Baby's All Right in Brooklyn and we were going to play uh, Tree Fort Fest in, in uh, Boise and had some stuff like that kind of lined up that we were yeah. excited about. Uh, so it didn't feel, you know, it didn't happen. So yeah, it's hard to say if it felt real, but it, it was beginning to feel like, huh, interesting. I wonder what this is going to be like, you know? Yeah. Do you feel like any of that sort of intrigue and momentum is coming back at all lately? Um, I feel like it might, but I'm not there yet. Yeah. I don't know about you, Danny. It's like, I still feel like, I don't know. I feel like it's like a long way till, I'm not sure when you're, you know, when am I going to, when are we going to try to book a show in Austin? Yeah. It might be a while. Right. It's like a cloud you know, a, a cloud that is just there and you don't know what, you know, happens when you push it, when it's time to push it. Like, does it actually yeah, uh, do something? Yeah. yeah. Totally. But, I mean, ultimately, we're just like trying to, you know, have a good time, write music and, and do stuff that we think is cool. Right. I think that is kind of a great approach to have in general. Yeah. So. Just, just keep going and you know, uh, there's, you don't run out, you know, nobody runs out of ideas and there's no harm in, in, you know, sharing new things. Yeah, definitely. What is your favorite husband song (laughs) and why? Okay. All right. Let me, uh, trace through the cat. Yeah. You can think about it too. Okay. There's, so I got one in my head that I know I'm going to say something about. Okay, so um, there is a song called Speed Racer 
that well speed racer i that's one of my favorite songs because uh, it's that was ultra collaborative between the two of us as far as just kind of how that progressed from you know nugget to song yeah and those are always just kind of more satisfying cuz um i don't know just doing something with someone else just feels good cuz it you know what the other person does for me at least makes me appreciate it more just because it's you know another brain's doing it so it's like oh this yeah. is very fun to listen to uh will's guitar on that song is so cool so that song um another one i i think of fondly is neuromancer which i think is on that's on spotify as well um but that's one that when we'll move back from dc we got together and we're just basically jamming for probably the first time um or one of the first times after he moved back which was like 2017 or 16 something like yeah. that yeah yeah but uh, we just wrote it so fast. It was like a very immediate, uh, wrote the whole song in a day and recorded it, a lot of it in a day. And then uh, our friend Zach came in and did cool synth line on it. But the the song itself, the verse and chorus, also very collaborative. And that one was kind of like a very in-person song, which I don't want to call it a rarity, but it was kind of, um, it's just fun to like be able to think of the memory associated with writing the song. And it's one we yeah. also play live a lot. So it's fun to play live. Um, yeah. So it just yeah. stays around. So maybe those two are some easy pickings for ones I like. That's cool because yeah. I feel like you had some juxtaposition there with one of them being like the kind of flow of consciousness came, came quickly. And the other one was all about like a long well, no, you didn't say long, but a collaborative process. You know? Yeah, passing back and forth. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so I probably would have said Speed Racer as well. Okay, um, cool. And probably the reason why is just the way it feels when you play it live. It's, it's one of those, I don't know, like, uh, do, you play, do you play in bands or anything? Yeah, not as much lately, but I, I play a little bit of bass. You play some bass? Yeah. Like, I don't know, like, I think you probably can identify with this as like, there are some songs that you play live and you're like, I can kind of tell this is like, sometimes it doesn't work. Sometimes it does. Yeah. Or, you know, like, I don't know. I can't tell if people are liking this, but that song, when I play it, it makes me feel like, Oh, I'm a real, I'm in a real band. And that's cool. That makes yeah. me feel good. That's um, a good feeling. Probably one of my favorite songs that we actually don't ever play live, but uh, one of my favorites of all time is probably a song called boys. Uh, it's on an EP called uh, Aiken EP. Yeah. Um, that song, I feel like in an alternate universe could have been like our best song, our most successful track. Yeah. Uh, but we, you know, released it in a weird way and probably the mix is not good and stuff like that. But I, I just feel like that song. Is so uh, uh, it's like, it's got all the pop hooks and it's got some weirdness and some weird textures and uh and it's got like good, like me and Danny harmonies, like, which are nice to like, whenever we're, we're able to both kind of like sing pretty like full voice, I feel like yeah. that's usually a, a good place to be. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that one, I mean, I'm just flipping through. I'm like, uh, that one's one of my faves for sure. Try. 
Yeah, that's that's funny you mentioned that when I was listening to some of your back catalog earlier, and that was that was the one that was the song that stood out the most to me off of that that first Aiken EP. So that's funny you mentioned that one. Yeah, it's it's just kind of got some like tight pop qualities to it. So you can you know it's got hooks and stuff, and yeah, it's just nice. Yeah, it's cool. Well, I'm also curious. I mentioned to you guys at the beginning that I discovered you because you know Spotify put Mexico on my Discover Weekly, and obviously that song's gotten some some attention, you know, from the playlist, and and it's kind of gotten you some more some more clicks and views and all that. So I kind of was wondering how you guys felt about that song. You know, a lot of times artists have weird feelings towards their most popular song. So I'm kind of curious what you guys think about Mexico. <laughs> You can say that one, Will. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I have weird feelings about that one for sure. Uh, I never felt like we got the mix down right. Uh, I, I, I still feel like, man, I like at one point I was sending it out to friends being like, well, okay, what, what do I need to do? What do we need to do on this one? Mm-hmm. And people just eventually were like, no, it sounds great. And I'm like, really? Uh, <laughs> I always felt like it needed something, but I don't know what it was. I couldn't tell you what it was. Like, I, I, I didn't have like a prescription for it. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and even like when we play live, I'm like, there's just something there, you know? And everyone is just like, what are you talking about? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> like, uh, but it doesn't matter because it seems like uh, people people like it. So um, so my, you know, whatever the word is, it's it doesn't matter. So, yeah. Um, and that's cool. That's funny. Yeah. That's sort of um, what I expected to hear. Is that right? Is that is that like a is that like a common is it like really common when people f- are feel that way? I feel like it is, yeah. But oh, I, I it's kind of like what I said before of just you know, most artists and most musicians say they just never really feel like anything's done. Yeah. Well, so I feel like that's just part of that. I guess so. That's funny though, because like I do have other songs that I feel like are we definitely got more like they're done, you know? Yeah. Uh, but that one, you know. I don't know. It it worked out. So follow up question to that also is is I'd like to know which song is your least favorite. And that doesn't mean like which one you think sucks, but just maybe <laughs> which one you think you felt like was the least done or like farthest from where you wanted it to be. Oh, plenty of in, those, I'm sure, right? So in terms of like there's so many ways I could. However you want least favorite. Yeah, however you want to. <laughs> like, like, should we go with like least happy with the delivery of the idea that we like, or is it really like the one that we really <laughs> just don't like the most? Go with the second one. I feel like just the gut don't of like, like I most. don't oh. even like. Which one do you want to hear like the it. least? Like, if you hear it playing, you don't even want to maybe listen oh, that's to great. it. That's great. Okay. If there is any, kind of, or the closest, <laughs> I'm here to have you talk shit about your own music. That's my goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, That's amazing, awesome. man. It's great. <laughs> well, Danny, let's agree to exclude our our uh, Wayne John album. The demos oh, sure, album. yeah, no demos. So of our of our real songs, but no beats. Which one do we like the least? Okay. So get juicy with it. You mean like yeah, get, yeah exactly. Yeah, dig, dig in, in. Yeah. dude, and go for it, man. Don't you can hurt any any feelings you want. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking, man. I'm not gonna hold back. Uh, I don't, I mean, I, I can see some that I feel like are just like kind of a little boring to me, like, like Frenimals, for example, the back, the very last song on Golden Year. I feel um, like 
I don't know. It just feels like a song that just doesn't have the thing. I don't know. It kind of, it needed, it needed another thing. I don't know what it is. It feels like it all kind of just like moves on drums. Like everything just kind of moves on a drum beat. <laughs> Dude, without it's like also, really like locking into a thing, you know? It's also like directly ripping off, you know, unintentionally oh, or like intentionally. I don't know. War on but drugs or something? I think it's Nirvana. It's like... Um, Nirvana. Oh, yeah. Well, the, the melody. the one yes. who's got all the pretty songs. I actually don't mind that part, but yeah, you could hate on that too. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like that melody was there. It's like, oh, okay, let's change that because it's Nirvana melody, and then forgot that it was a Nirvana melody and just kept it. <laughs> oh yeah, no, that's but great. you know, and it, even the even the turnaround, right? And oh yeah, <laughs> I think that's dude. It keeps going straight up. <laughs> knows not what it means, and then I think our song says, I, I don't know. Something a lot like of the that, same right? words are used. Yeah, lots yeah, of the same funny. turns of phrases. It happens. I like Nirvana. It's, I do too. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. cool. Who doesn't? Well, I don't want to be lame, but I mean, I, I'm not going to say that song, but I would agree with that song because... I feel like the rest of that, al- that album um, kind of has some charm to it. And I, I yeah, don't hate that song, but that's an easy least favorite from that album. I'll just pick a least favorite of the album. How about that? So yeah. LP1, I'll agree with Frenimals. Okay. And then LP2 for After the Gold Rush Party. Will, do you know what I'm going to say on this one or no? Probably Narc. Yeah, I'm going to say Narc. Mm, <laughs> Will yeah. and I probably had like our biggest band fights <laughs> between the <laughs> yeah, two of us on that, that song. Yeah, yeah, it was a debate. I just, I didn't want that song to be there because, um, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what my deal is with that song, but something about it, because I, I can see there's something about it that's different from the other ones on there. Um, and maybe I was just thinking of like sing-along catchy stuff. I'm Maybe I'm just sort of a sucker for, for melodies that stick in your craw kind of thing as opposed to... Yeah, it's kind of a rock song. Yeah, yeah, just rock and maybe cleverness in the lyrics. Some something else sticks with me. I, I don't know. Probably that song from LP two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's fair. Maybe maybe Bikini Bottoms on the second album, just because I feel like, Ooh, I like there was like something. I just felt like there was something we could have done on it. Sure. It just didn't. Yeah. It still feels like incomplete to me. Hmm. Uh, but I could all, I could honestly like Narc Narc's a good good choice. That's a fine choice. I could almost get behind it. It's also fun to play live though too, right? We like open with that. Well, one yeah, it's like we we open with it because it feels great when you play it. So.
got that thing going on. Yeah, that's super interesting. Yeah. Well, yeah, cool. That's a fun question, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's always like leads to interesting discussion. So, well, another big question I always ask is uh, I always sort of mark it as the main question of the podcast, but it can go a lot of different ways. It could get really deep or it could just be fun and silly if you want it to be. But the question is, is why do you make music? It's sort of what is the reason you keep doing it? And you guys touched on it a little bit, but maybe just one at a time, we'll go Will and Danny. Why do you personally keep doing it? Like what about it? Where does the motivation come from? Hmm. I think it's hard for me to say anything other than just like it's just something I've been doing for a long time you know it's like Mm -hmm. I've been doing it since probably about age 13 so I just enjoy it I um I think it's probably just mm, like a habit (laughs) it's just like maybe it's like as simple as that because I I don't want to say anything that's like uh grandiose or or whatever like it's the way i process the world or something like that it's like i don't know is it i don't know i just think sometimes i just like to pick up usually a guitar or like make a start with a drum beat or you know mess around on a synth and just make sounds and i just think i like the way they feel and uh, i think it's just like you know pleasurable to to make sounds um i'm not really as much of like a lyricist like danny is so like for me, it's really like kind of more visceral about like the way it, I just think it feels good. Yeah. Um, and Danny, I don't know what you think. Yeah, I was like thinking of something grandiose, and then I started changing directions. <laughs> That's so, uh, either direction is nothing wrong. Is valid, just, yeah. Like, yeah. You know. Um, I mean, I I love I've always loved just drawing pictures, and like when I was a kid, I'd make comic books and uh, videos and stuff, and then in the end, like getting a mixer and downloading some cracked copy of like Cubase or I don't remember the first thing I had was, but um, I just got stuck on that as far as making stuff. Um, so maybe just as a way of satiating a creative hunger, I don't know. I, yeah. I do have some sort of need to just make things all the time. And then the grandiose part I was thinking of was like as a way, you know, um, I don't want to just like say I'm an introvert or anything, but I, I, I am sort of an introvert. Yeah, And in some ways you do find connection with people when they connect to something on a genuine level. Like whenever, whenever people, you know, it sounds superficial, but when you get a lot of plays on a song, people like to listen to the thing and it just makes you feel like you're connecting with humanity or something. Absolutely. <laughs> it's a very grandiose, I guess, like no, as grandiose as you could possibly be. But if if you don't get your kicks on just like uh i don't know telling jokes or or talking or something which not that i don't i mean i love talking with my friends and all that stuff but um it does feel like you're a human sometimes whenever someone responds to something that you make um something as normal and um accessible and as important as music is you know yeah yeah i definitely feel like danny you like to uh, I don't know, do some really like interesting like communication through songwriting. I always feel like maybe just cause I know you, but like, it's always interesting <laughs> seeing like how you react to 
you know, things that are happening through songs and through songwriting. And it's, I don't know, it's a cool thing to see too. Definitely. I think, uh, you know, it kind of feels the same way from, uh, from a listener standpoint too. It's like what you said, it's an interesting way to kind of connect with people and, and whatever message, you know, whatever a song might've meant to you and, and whether it be through the lyrics or the sounds to know that it also like affected somebody else in a similar or maybe completely different way is still really satisfying, I think. So yeah, for sure. Cool. What has been, and it sounds like there might not be an answer to this question based off of past answers, because I'm going to ask you for like another specific moment. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like most of your, most of your experiences has been kind of a slow burn, but uh, has there ever been a moment where like there was a like a live show where the crowd was r- really locked in and really in it or like you know one of those moments where you, you felt like you really just are connecting with someone or a group of people yeah well, I mean a few times I mean, yeah, yeah it could be yeah. a bunch of times yeah. maybe just your favorite live shows or something you go Will I mean so like it was kind of a weird deal because the way that the timing worked on our band is we started writing music while we were together in Oklahoma city. And then we, and then I moved to DC for like, I don't know, two years, two and a half years. And like during that time, I feel like we were kind of starting to get popular in, in Oklahoma city. And so like, eventually I moved back and we had a show lined up at this festival in, in the city. And there was, you know, a fair amount of hype, like i don't know people were excited yeah. we were excited so like i That's think cool. people were excited that we were excited uh so we played this show in in this venue called opolis and there were, you know 250 cap so it was absolutely packed um and we played this show and i remember like almost like hyperventilating on the third song or something yeah because i like just i wasn't like i, I didn't even know how to like manage my energy i was so excited um <laughs> I was like singing and like moving around too much. And I, I just like hadn't been doing it for so long that it, it was like, Oh my gosh, I actually have to like be careful. Um, so anyway, I like kind of calmed down, but anyway, like I just remember the crowd being so, uh, you know, excited and, and it was really fun. And, um, I mean, that's one of my favorites for sure. And then, I mean, probably the other show would be like tower, uh, for our album release. You know, what do you think, Danny? Yeah, I mean, I would say those exact two same shows. Um, and Norman Music Festival every year is pretty fun, which was the first show, and we do that one every year, and that one's always um, a blast. But then, yeah, the, the release show was great because um, preceding that release show, we were doing the album, and uh, we hadn't played a show in a while just because I was out of town for, I guess, a year for that one. And Will had said that he'd met with the tower guy and said, all right, we should, we'll just do this at tower. And uh, I like multiple times went to Will and was like, dude, we should do it somewhere else. Cause it's just going <laughs> to, we're going to do it's this like release t- show in this empty it's house. A huge, you know? Yeah. Huge venue. It's, it's pretty big. So, yeah. Um, I remember several times just saying we should do this somewhere else. Um, and then it happened and uh, a lot of people were there and I was just sort of blown away by, um, how fun it was and how um, 
I guess wrong I was as well. I was, it just felt very, it, it felt good. Um, yeah, that show, I guess. Yeah. That sounds awesome. And now that we've gone over these great feelings, I'm going to, I'm going to take it the other <laughs> way. Uh, I'm kind of wondering, you know, you guys have been doing this for a long time and a lot of my listeners are musicians too. And everyone knows that it can be exhausting sometimes and it can be frustrating when you're working on a project. Um, I'm kind of curious when have been some of the low moments. Do you ever feel like you guys are wasting your time or not accomplishing what you wanted to do? Or was there ever any moments where you felt like stopping? Def, I mean, definitely low moments exist. Um, but one thing that I know is true is I never felt like I would want to quit doing it. Um, okay. Like even despite just either it being annoying to finish an album or just, you know, whatever. It's always annoying to finish the album. Like we get 90% of the way done and, um, you know, we both just something about finishing the last 10% is very difficult every time, which is probably where we're at right now, but it's not, <laughs> it's not fun or anything, but, um, yeah, yeah. uh, low moments. I don't know. I, I, I think my answer to that question is despite whatever lows are there, I never, it's never crossed my mind to not do it anymore because I think it's the most fun and most, uh, the best, songs that I do are, are with, you know, doing it with Will, um, specifically. So, um, and because I, you know, I, you know, I just love making stuff. So I love making it as best as it can be. And I think Will's a great dude to write songs with. So, um, in the end, never crossed my mind to not do it, but you know, things do get, you know, other things happen in busyness and, and whatnot. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that's an answer to the question or not, but what do you, what do you think, yeah. Will? <laughs> um, I think for me, maybe more than you, if not just I communicate this more than you, is like I think I can get frustrated with – I'm not like really like a very good – about. I'm not very good about being content, you know? Like I always want to do more and I want to do bigger and I want to do um, – I don't know. I, I just like really just feel like we can do, we can, you know, belong among, I guess, band, bands that we look up to um, that are more popular than us. And uh, I think sometimes that can get frustrating. And sometimes probably it means that I like, like push a little bit. Like, so it can probably just be like a source of like frustration at times. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but, um, I mean, ultimately it's just like, I believe that we can, uh, you know, do, I don't know, uh, do more, do better or like be like, you know, whatever that means. Like, yeah, whether that's like touring more or, uh, you know, playing festivals or, you know, I don't know exactly what, but, um, so I guess like that, that can be like a frustration, but like, like I feel like we've said a couple of times, it's like, really, we, I think we also try our best to kind of pull back and think about like, Hey, this is cool that we're doing what we're doing. And, and a lot of times it's like the only thing you can control is just like writing music and making connections with people and 
making friendships and um you know those are all the things that ultimately matter um you know whether you i don't know the idea of like trying to get in touch with a booking agent and get them to say yes and and book us across the u.s or whatever like that's not something you can control um Mm -hmm. you know you can't you can't get them to say anything so so i think that's like one thing that's like you know quote unquote hard but i would say like we probably come to peace with like those kinds of ideas like many years ago like probably like at least five years ago we we kind of just got to the point where we're like it doesn't matter um, we're gonna you know take what we can when it when it shows up but and be grateful what we for what we've got but um you know if someone Otherwise, the only thing we can really do is just write more music and and have fun with it. Yeah. Well, I think that was a a great answer. That was some some words of wisdom that I think other people could find helpful. So, I mean, it's it's you know not easy. I don't think I even follow it, you know, but I I try to. Yeah. Well, that's great. Okay. Uh, next thing is is a segment that I call. Uh, the part where I try to make you feel uncomfortable. So <laughs> I always do this with, uh, you know, most of my interviews are one-on-one, but sometimes it's bands or, or, you know, pairs and duos. So I always do this with bands or duos because it's fun. So to torture you guys a little bit. So first question, which one of you is more talented? Oh, Dan- <laughs> Danny's more talented. No, I, I would say it's, it depends depends on kind of what kind of uh realm you're talking i guess i think explain yeah yeah I, I mean i think something about our the way that we do stuff is like our strengths are in totally different areas of, yeah so um you know i i would i obviously think will is the more talented one here so <laughs> it, it's fun uh, to work with someone that you kind of think that about also i think i like might be like more talented from a technical standpoint you're, I think, definitely more talented from a creativity standpoint, like an original, like original ideas standpoint. Um, and then I think the only, you know, the other talent that I really bring is probably just like being willing to ask embarrassing questions. Yeah, oh, yeah you're good. you you do that well for sure. I, <laughs> That's I important. Tell that to Kelsey all the time. I'm like, man, it's amazing that we'll ask some of these questions because it's amazing. It it's it's great <laughs> yeah it's like weird uh sometimes i just ask too many questions one time uh will and i like early in college before we were doing music together or anything we went to starbucks <laughs> it, on the way back from texas or something we took a quick <laughs> well, trip to weird. texas and uh <laughs> it was like 10 minutes after starbucks happy hour or something and will like walked in there was like hey um it's only 10 minutes after happy hour you can either give me that <laughs> happy hour price or um i'll just take my business elsewhere <laughs> and he and uh, they said all right well oh, you're gonna have to pay full price and so we just walked out and <laughs> didn't get starbucks but that's and then, and then 10 years passed from then <laughs> i love that story though that's good oh, yeah. it's, it's, it's still in me yeah you asked that's the important part that's, it is that's well. You answered the question really nicely because I always follow up with which one is more creative. But you kind of covered that too. So, yeah, I, I just was going to say. I mean, Will Will's creative in far different ways than than where my 
creative muscle flexes. So anyhow, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I get you. The last dumb question about making you feel uncomfortable is uh which one of you would is most likely to fall victim to your vice? Oh jeez. Vice. Yeah, Dude, like really become bad. like a raging alcoholic or uh yeah, die in yeah, a ditch geez, somewhere, you man. know, that kind of thing. You got the wrong band, man. That's okay. <laughs> we're not we're not vice guys. That's have good to be, like, then. What's your vice? Vices. Your vice? What's your Yeah, vice? it could be psychological. It's gotta be cycle. It's gotta be something of uh I mean, Will, you could probably tell me my vice more than I could as far as a it could psychological be like vice. But don't I'm like well, no, it's uh, it's not perfection. For me, it's not perfectionism. Uh, it's something more along the lines. I don't know, something to do like, with meekness. <laughs> what do you think, Will? Like, yeah, get in your head way too much about something. Yeah, yeah maybe so. It, to the point that it like uh, is destructive. You know. Yeah, you self employed Is that worse than whatever Irish. your vice is, Will? What is your vice? <laughs> uh, my vice, dude. I don't know. Uh, you don't have to answer. I, I feel like I, I feel like I'm kind of a vice guy, but maybe food, just like freaking snacks, man. Yeah, I would, I would, that I would be my it. my. I, you know what? And I would say that I'm on my way to destroying myself with with snacks. So I need to watch out on that one. Ooh, what what kind uh, of snacks what, specifically? Well, I had some like peanut butter M and M's on this Ooh. road trip recently, and it was yeah, just like good. oh, so good. Uh, just anything, man. If it's bad, if it's like bad for you, I'd probably like it. Um, Taco Bell. Love I mean, a crunch wrap. Yeah. Everything, man. It's all good. Dude, yeah, Taco Bell, good. you can't call that a vice. I mean, that's not a vice, right? Uh, yeah, it's not even a vice. I'm just saying like, we're all victims. That's Taco, Taco Bell, Bell, man. Yeah, well, that's that's, so, that's what's, whatever the experience. opposite of a vice is. Is what is the opposite of a vice? <laughs> um, uh, virtue. Guess, yeah, virtue. The Taco yeah. Bell is a virtue. There you it's go. Virtuous. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm glad you guys feel that way. Well, then in that case, my 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 <laughs> so weaknesses are my strengths. Yeah. <laughs> that's the quote of the podcast. Taco Bell is a virtue. <laughs> <laughs> uh what's the last song you saved on spotify you could check your phone or your, or your computer somewhere it's always like sometimes yeah. it's a random weird song and i like to i like to know okay uh mine's on a playlist called twin t1 it's my 21 playlist uh it's good days by SZA. nice i do love SZA, and i i think that's like her number one hit in, on Spotify, I think like it was literally the number one song on Spotify, but um, I hadn't heard anything outside of her control album, so yeah, that's the song. Oh, dude, yes. No, I got it. It's real. It's real by Juan Walters and with Mac DeMarco. There you go. Oh, so good, man. That's a really <laughs> good song. I just I'm loving everything that Juan Walters is doing right now. It's so like, uh, like you know, peace and love kind of stuff, but like yeah. done through his like kind of strange accent and uh, English second language lyrics. Yeah, like yeah, kind of ESL 
uh, thing that he does. It's obviously very like charming and endearing. Um, it's just like, he makes you want to just, I'm, I'm sure he's exactly this way. Like you just, you just want to be friends with him. He's just seems like yeah. such a cool guy. Uh, and that song, I mean, the production on it's so crazy. Like, Oh my gosh. It kind of like, I don't know if you've heard it. Have you listened to it? No, I just saved it. I'm, I'm going to queue it up oh after my gosh. we finish talking. As a reflex, I get on a plane. Remember. JFK, I'm in New York. One crazy man can I love it. Where is that place in the hole? So, like, it, it's almost like a two part song. And the first part's kind of darker and kind of like, I'm not sure where this is going. And then the second half just the guitars kind of come in. It's like this like Grateful Dead, like Mac DeMarco kind of like noodling nice. stuff going yeah. on. And it's just like, I don't know. It's, it's about as good as anything I've heard all year. So that's a good sell. I'm excited. It's to also got to a it. good synth flute or something going on in there, which is nice. Always good. Always a big fan of the synth flute. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. The the production on that whole on his like last three singles, they're also it's just so fun. Like it's just really uh, eclectic, and I don't know. Maybe he's just doing it all from kind of like uh, I don't know, like a multi sound keyboard for all I know. But it just it's incredible. <laughs> it sounds so good. That's great. Half the reason I do these interviews is just to find new music, so that's perfect. Oh, yeah. Well, what are you listening to? What am I What's listening to? What's your last save? Yeah, well, well, me, there you go. Turn it around on me. Let's see my last saved. Well, I technically just saved real, uh, the song you just mentioned, yeah. but that doesn't count. <laughs> um, let me think. Not let me think. Let me look. It's loading. Well, yeah, there's a few of your songs, too. Let me skip through these. Okay, here we go. Uh, the last song I saved that was not the one you just mentioned or one of your songs, because I've been listening to your back catalog earlier, um, was How Do I Know by Here We Go Magic. The sun ain't no keeper in the pit of that day. How do I know? That's wild. Uh, I was listening to that today. Oh, literally today. damn. That's funny. Yeah, man. I listened to, actually, that was my like my uh, my work playlist. I was just going through a bunch of Here We Go Magic. Um, that album in particular, man. Wonderful album. That's, that's so awesome. complex. I got to oh. dig in more. Yeah, I've just, I just heard that song and saved it, and, and that gives me more confidence to go uh, listen to the rest. Well, what's what's his, like, uh, oh. alter ego band that he's in? Like, oh, Arthur. dude, what is it? Art Art Feynman, Feynman, Art, Art Feynman, yeah. It's A R T F E Y N M A N, I think. Also wonderful. Dude's just so creative. He's like, <laughs> he like musically extremely talented. Yeah, and knows how to put together a weird song. And like you know, you, you talk about the real Mac DeMarco song in the and yeah. we were talking about that earlier 
you were saying that was um, Jerry Garcia or whatever, but you kind of hear the same wiggle, wiggly, palm muted guitars from uh, from the Here We Go Magic guy. I mean, he kind of does that kind of palm muted, groovy kind of thing going oh, on. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Oh yeah, yeah, good stuff. Well, pretty much. Uh, that's pretty much all I got for you guys. Do you guys have anything you want to add or say at the end before we uh, wrap up? Dude, thanks for thanks for finding us. Thanks for for interviewing. It was a lot of fun. Totally. I would say we have something to pitch, but we yeah. kind of don't. I mean, oh, you don't. Like, okay. Well, you're working I on mean, the new album. You know, look out maybe in the next six months or so for uh, our album. It's uh, going to be called Full On Monet. I like it. And uh, yeah, it's going to be a good. Uh, hopefully, hopefully a good like sit down. And, and uh, just kind of close your eyes and listen kind of album. Perfect. Yeah, I mean, whenever it comes out, I'll be sure to uh, share it on my, share it on our uh, Instagram account so anybody who listened to this will definitely be updated. So awesome! I look forward to hearing it myself. Um, I always ask, and it's not required, but if you would be kind enough, I always ask if you could recommend another band or musician or musically create a person you know that I could possibly talk to in the future for a, for a future episode. Yeah, for sure. I mean, my first thought is Samantha Crane. Have you, are you familiar with her? No. So she is, um, a kind of a, she kind of started out as like a folk singer, but she's at this point, she's kind of reached this kind of level of full band songwriting. And I mean, she's got a wonderful voice and, um, She's a great person and she's kind of having some success right now in Oklahoma city. So, um, I, I would highly recommend her. Um, she's just put out a new single uh, called Bloomsday. That is really, really good. That's perfect. I will definitely, I'm saving it right now. I'm going to check out, going to listen to some of her music and hopefully, uh, reach out to her soon. That's, that's awesome. Thank you. Cool. And uh, where where can people follow you, find you? I mean, pretty much all of our socials are husbands OKC. Okay, just all one word. Um, pretty sure that's every single one: Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Perfect. Yep. Alrighty. Well, that's all I got. Keep making cool shit. It was a pleasure talking to you guys, and and thank you for making your music. Keep making cool shit. I look forward to hearing the next album, and uh, I always end with a high five. So, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> virtual high fives now are uh, simultaneous claps. So I'll do three, two, one, and then we'll all high five. Okay, three, two, one, and it's always perfectly in sync somehow. Bunch <laughs> <laughs> of musicians over here. Yeah. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Andrew.
Hey you, thanks for listening to this podcast. I know there are a million gazillion podcasts out there for you to listen to, and I really appreciate you giving this one a shot. If you enjoyed this episode, please go check out another episode and discover some more new music. If you really loved the show, share it with your friends, share it on social media, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Any of that goes a long way in helping us. Don't forget to subscribe or give us a follow on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, whatever platform you're using. Thanks again to Will and Danny for coming on the show. You can follow Husbands OKC on Instagram or any other social media site. Thanks, as always, to the Judd Zingle Project, Aiden Danzi, for our theme and introduction music. You can follow us on Instagram at Redefining Records to keep up with this show and other cool content. New episodes are coming out every other week in alternation with our sister podcast, Bands, Beers, and Buzzwords, with John Pagliasati of Delta Dagger. Shoot us a DM on Instagram if you have any comments or suggestions. You could also uh, reach out via email, redefiningrecords at gmail.com, and tell us whatever you like. If you like the show, you dislike the show, you're a musician who wants to be on the show, please reach out. We will respond, I promise. Thanks for listening, and have a great day.